0: Hello,
1: I'm Jessica
0: Dory and I'm Howard Dory and welcome to plotting through the presidents the irreverent podcast where we dive into lesser known stories of the founders and their families a couple episodes ago we talked about the relationship between Ben Franklin and John Adams and why John Adams hated Franklin so much yeah part of that had to do with Franklin's loose morals right especially compared to the pious Adams and that's the subject of today's episode. Benjamin Franklin's hard-to-be-governed passion.
1: Interesting.
0: Um, they're going to do a new mini-series on Apple TV. Well, in this Ben Franklin series, he's going to be played by Michael Douglas. And when this was announced, I saw a tweet from a Good nice. Post Riley, is their name. They shared the casting announcement, and their comment was, The erotic thriller is back! I don't get it. Michael Douglas is the king of erotic thrillers.
1: Oh, erotic thrillers. Yeah, like
0: Fatal Attraction, Basic oh. Instinct, is Romancing the Disclosure, Ant Man. Um, I don't think Romancing the Stone would count. I think War of the Roses is, is not even up there, but I think it's really, really those three.
1: Erotic. Okay, so um, erotic thrillers. Yes, that which makes is sense. Which those is are perfect. fun. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's not what this is going to be, but it's fun to think that because Benjamin Franklin had a reputation for being, you know, by the way, now's probably a good time to say that listener discretion is advised. Oh, okay. Some of this content is for immature, mature audiences only.
1: Immature, mature audiences. Yes.
0: He had a reputation for being a sexual being, kind of a dirty old man. Oh, And I've always been curious, like, where that came from. Is that just a bad rap? Is it exaggerated? Or maybe he's even kinkier than most people know. Okay. I wanted to know more about the stories of Franklin's sexual proclivities.
1: Oh, so, who did you contact?
0: I <laughs> looked within myself. No, <laughs> um, I, I looked out there, and what I found was it was like a rabbit hole that was more like a sinkhole.
1: Oh no! Because there's
0: there's a lot when it comes to Benjamin Franklin and women. There was even there was a whole symposium in 1994 on the subject, and a follow up book called Benjamin Franklin and Women. Uh, edited by Larry Tice, with some really excellent essays from different historians. There's no way to do this topic justice in one episode.
1: Oh, dear. Um, the
0: truth is, we could do a whole season on Ben Franklin's relationships with, with women. With women?
1: And his really? reputation
0: for being a playboy, but we're not going to do that.
1: Okay, that sounds pretty fun.
0: It could be. Instead, we're going to look at just a few rumors and a few facts. Okay. Yeah. I like that. All right. We're going to also dig into a letter that Franklin wrote. That was so naughty, it couldn't be printed until 140 years after his death. Ooh. Yeah.
1: That naughty, huh? Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, my goodness. This is a story in three acts. Okay. So let's get into act one. Rumors.
1: Dun, dun, dun.
0: So the first rumor is that Benjamin Franklin fathered a whole lot of children. Apparently, they used to say that he's on the $100 bill because that's how many kids he had.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: A more recent historian says that he may have fathered up to fifteen children.
1: That's still a lot.
0: Yes, all that we know for sure is that he had two children with his wife Deborah and one child whose mother we just don't know.
1: That child lived with him and Deborah.
0: Yeah, Deborah um, raised the child as the child's mother. Aww. Everybody knew that the mother was unknown. That this was an illegitimate child. I don't Where did like the that child term. Come from? We don't know exactly what happened.
1: Did he go to her house and take the baby or did she drop the baby off? Like, how did how did the transaction happen? Like, how did this who is his mother?
0: These are all good questions. OK. Um. Thanks. I would like to know the answer. So would a lot of people. The truth behind William Franklin's mother is a mystery.
1: Mother mystery.
0: A mother mystery. Uh, I can tell you what's out there. What okay. I could find. There are a few theories, but they're not based on a lot. Hmm. So. In 1764, there was a big election in Pennsylvania, and Benjamin Franklin was running for a seat on the assembly, and there were lots of pamphlets that came out attacking him for everything he'd ever done and, you know, whether it was true or not. One of these pamphlets talked about how his son William was illegitimate, Mm -hmm. and it said that a handmaid named Barbara was a most valuable slave, the foster mother of his last offspring who did his dirty work.
1: Oh, great. So I have a question. Did Ben Franklin own humans?
0: Yeah. When we talked to Michael Meyer and he talked about sort of the evolution of Benjamin Franklin at one point in his life, he he did own people, but then he stopped and he was very much against slavery and created like an abolitionist society and movement and, okay. and push for abolition. So
1: this person wasn't enslaved to him.
0: No, I think the the term slave here is not meant to mean like an African slave. Okay. Yeah. In 1776, when William was the royal governor of New Jersey, and I believe he was a prisoner of war at that time. He was held by the Continental Army. Um, at that point, it was printed that Franklin had this son by an oyster wench in Philadelphia, whom he left to die in the streets of disease and hunger.
1: That is some harsh shit.
0: Yeah, it is. But both of these things are written by people who were kind of attacking Franklin. Okay. Um, an oyster wench, by the way.
1: By the way, I was, yeah, can we have an episode on the oyster wench?
0: <laughs> um, I don't know how much there is out there on this particular hypothetical oyster wench, but I did find out that that is just a term for uh, a woman who sells oysters.
1: Oh, so not not a wench.
0: <laughs> not not a wench in the selling oneself sense. Oh. Yeah.
1: I never thought of it like that. You never- I never th- associated the word wench with.
0: A, like a prostitute with a, with or a sex worker. Oh, really? Well, that's you, I guess.
1: No, well, I've been to medieval times. Oh, yeah. And you know, you're supposed to call your waitress a wench. So I always thought of it as a servant. Speaking of oysters, when you said oyster wench, I really thought like of a woman who's like constantly opening oysters. And you and I have opened oysters for a brief period of time I think I got one or two open
0: it's not easy it
1: was the hardest most grueling yeah difficult work on my fingers I've ever done yeah it was I mean I've written like some long essays by hand back in high school sure and I have to say that trying to open an oyster was pretty painful like I was bleeding and it would cut me up and it just hurt it hurts. So I can't imagine being an oyster wench.
0: Yeah. And having time to, you know. Have babies with <laughs> Ben Franklin. Exactly. <laughs> it's a busy life. Yeah. Ah. So the best info that we have, it comes from a letter written in 1763 mm-hmm. by a family friend of Franklin's, uh, the son of one of Ben Franklin's good friends. This guy wrote, tis generally known here, his birth, Williams, is illegitimate. And his mother, not in good circumstances. But the report of her begging bread in the streets of this city is without the least foundation in truth. I understand some small provision is made by him for her, but her being none of the most agreeable women prevents particular notice being shown or the father and son acknowledging any connection with her.
1: So they want nothing to do with her, but he will send her money so she's not destitute.
0: Apparently that's and, the story.
1: And therefore will not beg for bread. Right. Because she has Benny's money.
0: Yes. Some of his money. Some of his money.
1: Probably very little.
0: Yeah, but enough to not be begging. For bread on the street. Apparently. The biographer, Isaacson, and a lot of historians, they believe that Roberts, this guy, was probably in a position to know the truth. And he had no real ulterior motive here. He's not like trying to slander Ben Franklin or talk out against him.
1: No biases. Uh, Yeah,
0: there's no anti-Franklin bias at least. Okay. So this is the most likely scenario. His mother was not a maid, probably not an oyster wench, and not a woman left to die on the streets. Okay. All that we know is that Benjamin Franklin did not want people to know who she was, and he seems to have gotten his wish. Wow. Yeah. So it's interesting to me that as a teenager, when Benjamin Franklin escaped from Boston, he was uh, an indentured servant, basically, to his brother. We talked about this a little bit with Michael uh, Meyer in our last episode. Okay. He um, he escaped from that, uh-huh. um, and he told a boat captain that he got a girl pregnant and he had to leave town.
1: Oh yes, this I remember is, this now. Yeah,
0: this is how Benjamin Franklin like entered the world stage, based on this lie. That I now I have to wonder, like, was that a lie? Right. Because this is the kind of thing that he he may have done went on to do at least one more time who knows it seems weird that if it you know really was the truth that he would have shared it in his autobiography but it also seems weird that he would have shared that he lied about it (laughs) so Um, i don't know
1: it's hard it's hard to know yes but he might just be an open book because he seems like a free spirit in that way maybe maybe he's just an open book
0: yeah, it's hard to say.
1: I'm kind of like that, where you know, someone I don't know very well will ask me how I am on the way somewhere, and no one's around. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know, I'm having a really hard time <laughs> with A, B, or C. Yeah. Um, but you know, and then I keep on walking. <laughs>
0: well, that's so like, that's good. Like, at least keep you keep walking. Real.
1: Maybe he was <laughs> keeping it real.
0: Um, no, that's good. If you're going to keep it real, keep it brief. That's what yeah. I always say. Yes.
1: <laughs> Well, it keep it real and keep on walking. <laughs> keep it real and keep it brief with acquaintances. <laughs> sure,
0: sure. Um, the next rumor is that Benjamin Franklin, while in Europe,
1: so he didn't have he didn't have a hundred
0: children. He, he almost certainly didn't have a hundred. He there's no evidence that he really had fifteen, to my knowledge. You might suspected. What suspect is there it.
1: evidence of?
0: The one, the one child that he had out of wedlock. um out of wedlock. Yeah.
1: And then he had two with his wife. Yes, he had three.
0: Yes, uh, that there's evidence. Might there have been others? Sure. Could you make that case? Maybe. Would you convince me if I researched it a lot more? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Did I? No. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Got it. We're not because it
1: was too too much of a sinkhole.
0: It was too big of a sinkhole. You
1: could have gone down that sinkhole, but you decided to live.
0: I did. (laughs) I did. I had to come out of the Franklin sinkhole. Okay. Um. So the next rumor. Is that Benjamin Franklin, while in Europe, was in a sex club
1: in France?
0: Uh, I think this was actually London. Okay. Uh, first of all, I don't I don't know if you could call what he may or may not have been in a sex club. It was a secret club for both men and women where they you know they did whatever they wanted. Were there orgies? Sure.
1: Maybe,
0: but does that make it a sex club? Yes.
1: No, I mean, okay, all right. Yes, it it does. What if
0: that's just one of the things that they did? Like, okay, like an eyes wide shut. Maybe every other night of the week was a book club club or bingo,
1: (laughs) and then sex on Mondays.
0: Yes, just one night they have a secret sex party. Then I think that's that's a book club Uh or a bingo club.
1: I think if there's sex involved on any night of the week, you can call it a sex club. Hmm. Because I think, sex club overrides any other leisure activity. <laughs> you think so? Going on huh. in the club? Yes, I think sex overrides all. Agree to all disagree. I think
0: I think it's really? a book club.
1: <laughs> so if there was sex once ever, and then every other time it was a book club, then maybe. Okay. But if there's sex at least once a week, then you're talking about a sex club who also reads books. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. Okay. How much iniquity, I wonder, before a den becomes a den of iniquity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We should move on. Okay. Franklin's friend, Francis Dashwood, was in a group called the Hellfire Club or the Men, Men Monks. It had yeah. a lot of names.
1: Oh, that's definitely a sex
0: club. <laughs> Maybe. And Franklin may have visited the club sometimes. To have sex. What? We don't know what he did there. Maybe he just came and went. Another rumor is that Franklin had an affair with a mother and daughter. Okay, this might not be a rumor.
1: Wait, what?
0: Yeah. Even if it's true, it's one of the least strange things that would have been going on in that house in London. (laughs) That's a whole other story.
1: That's another episode.
0: It might be. So the mother, Margaret, was his landlady. And they were close for years. Um, And Franklin was also close to the daughter, Polly, who I think might have been 18 when they met there's just, There's like a trove of letters where they discuss science, he shared his knowledge with
1: the eighteen year old
0: yeah, um it was almost like a paternal relationship with sex. We don't know there's no evidence for sure that it was anything more than platonic
1: then why is there why is there suspicion of it?
0: Because they were so close, and because when she became a widow, she moved her family to the United States to live with franklin and and she was with him in his dying days, oh, yeah.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. So you can't rule out that the relationship more was more than friendship or um, sort of a family that he would mm-hmm. built with her. We just don't know.
1: We just don't know.
0: And now we arrive at act two. Facts.
1: Okay. Facts about Ben.
0: Facts about Ben. Now for a fact. Benjamin Franklin loved the ladies and the ladies seemed to love him. So, according to Franklin himself, Mm -hmm. so many women seemed to flock to him in Paris because the French people were just very hospitable. Mm -hmm. And like a good host who finds out what you like and then tells others, that's what they'll serve you. So, he uses mutton as an example. And he says that the French found out that he loved ladies, like some people might love mutton. Um, And then he said, everybody presented me their ladies or the ladies presented themselves to be embraced that is to have their necks kissed oh wow yeah That's very sensual um yeah he said that they did not kiss on the mouth
1: okay so we have a pretty woman thing going on
0: exactly the pretty woman rules oh. um i don't i don't know why but um also they didn't kiss on the cheek but he said why why because that might rub off their makeup
1: okay on to him and he didn't want their makeup on him or i don't think
0: the women wanted their makeup rubbed off oh so they were like no 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 not the cheek Oh not the lips no no neck 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 neck
1: okay so this was their rule not his
0: yes correct oh yeah i don't know that he had rules and it wasn't just french women
1: <laughs> it was all women
0: when the artist Charles Wilson Peel went to visit Franklin in London um, around 1768, this is when Franklin would have been still married. Um, this guy, Peel, walked in on Franklin with a young woman in his lap, touching him and kissing him. And he did what any artist would do. He
1: pulled out his pens?
0: He walked out His colored pencils? He walked out and he sketched what he saw. Oh, wow. So we have okay. that sketch. Oh, Oh, gosh, I don't
1: know if I want to see Franklin in this way.
0: It's, I mean, it's just a sketch. It's, you know, it's sketchy. I'm
1: just, <laughs> I'm just kind of grossed out by thinking of Franklin in a sexual way. I don't know why. I think it is the dirty old man mm. component. Are you gonna text it to me? I did. I've not received.
0: Then who did I send this to?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, here it is. Oh, it was good. Just in the Ethernet. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, you're right. It's just a sketch. That's an old sketch, then.
0: Yeah, just a sketch.
1: Although. I mean, her hands are down there.
0: That's the thing.
1: And I don't understand what's going on with his pants. Yeah, it's risque.
0: It's a little risque, isn't it?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it seems like he has pants on, so you know. That's true. That helps. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, she's fondling him, and he's definitely touching her.
0: Yeah. So we have eyewitness evidence of Franklin and a touchy feely lady. <laughs> Franklin talked about his lustiness in his autobiography. He wrote the hard to be governed passion of my youth had hurried me frequently into intrigues with low women that fell in my way.
1: Low women.
0: Yeah. Which I don't is, know what that means. I, don't know. I would
1: imagine a sex worker of some kind.
0: That's what you would think, yeah. But he's not a low man for for seeing them. He's just young. His passion is hard to be governed. He he was helpless, but these women are low. <laughs> They're just low,
1: right? Yeah. It does seem like he's holding himself to a different standard than women who are doing the same thing.
0: For sure. He also wrote that when he was only eighteen or so, mm-hmm. he made a pass at his friend's mistress. mistress or
1: wife mistress
0: so he and a friend he
1: made a pass at the woman he was having an affair with
0: he made a pass at the woman his friend was having an affair with okay yeah it was his friend's mistress she belonged to him
1: okay yeah it's it's really screwed up
0: (laughs) well yeah definitely
1: in lots of levels
0: It, it was um but he said he attempted familiarities with her which she repulsed with a proper resentment
1: Mm, good for her. Yeah,
0: so it was something- enough. It's like,
1: I may be his mistress, but I'm not like any mistress. Yeah, I'm not your mistress. I'm, I'm not anyone's mistress. mistress. <laughs> yeah,
0: you can't, again, I think a pretty woman Yes. Where George from Seinfeld was like, hey. Hey. Yeah, exactly. And she's like, like, no, no. Exactly. This is wrong.
1: (laughs) Gosh, I love George Costanza. But in that movie, I hate him so much. Yeah. He's
0: Jason Alexander. (laughs) I wouldn't say it's because
1: of good acting. I'd just say like he he takes the side of George that you do hate. And then like that's his whole character in that movie. Mm
0: -hmm, I see. So that ended the friendship. He and his friend. Wow. Stopping friends after that. And his friend owed him money. And his friend was like, I'm not paying you that money. Anymore. Uh,
1: of course not.
0: Yeah. So it's a win-win for everybody.
1: <laughs> Did Ben Franklin show any kind of remorse about the situation? Like, yeah,
0: he called it, I think he- A mistake? Yes. He may have called it one of his errata, like one of the things he regretted in his life. Errata? Yeah, like an error. Oh, that's yeah. cool. And that's just the stuff he's willing to admit. Like how much more is there? We don't know. Adams would tell you that you can't trust a word he says. Right. Yeah.
2: So
1: we can't even trust his autobiography. We
2: can't. No. Nope. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: So we know that a lot of ladies were all up on him and he was kissing their necks. But was that where most of it ended? We don't know because that's not the kind of thing that most people write down. Mm. except Gouverneur Morris.
1: And Mount Jerry.
0: Well, yeah, and a love letter for sure. But Gouverneur Morris, who was also in Paris, if you remember from our episode on him, his diaries were full of accounts of doing the needful uh, <laughs> in a carriage, in a Louvre, all over Paris. That's but fun. Unfortunately, their time in France did not overlap.
1: Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Which who was there first?
0: Franklin was there first. And okay. then four or five years later,
1: it was Governor Morris?
0: Governor Morris. Morris. I can never say G- Governor Morris.
1: Governor. a governor.
0: Yes, yes. He came later, and it's probably good for France because I don't think they could have handled all that <laughs> like raw American heat at right once. away. No,
1: <laughs> or or simultaneously. No way.
0: <laughs> Franklin had a lot of relationships, and definitely weren't purely sexual. So that's not necessarily like the making of a, a super freaky sex addict. So I kind of see it like Bill Murray in Lost in Translation. Uh-huh. Like he's just going around having lots of like long term Scarlett Johansons all over the place. Oh my goodness. I think he loved the friendship and the relationship. And there's almost something sort of feminist about the way that he he generally treated women like equals in ways that a lot of men didn't in the way that he um, talked to them and wrote to them and, and discussed things with them.
1: Are you seriously calling Benjamin Franklin a feminist?
0: in some after ways after he makes a pass at someone's mistress
1: how i mean i can't picture after everything you've told me tonight yeah. i cannot picture him as a feminist it seems quite the opposite
0: i don't i don't know like he for, liked,
1: he sounds he sounds like a womanizer that he woos women enjoys you know the play and the and the sex probably and i, I mean to me it sounds pretty opposite of feminist
0: when I think of womanizer, I think of somebody who maybe like uses women and like throws them away and doesn't really care about them. But he had and, and maybe there was that aspect, but we don't have a whole lot of evidence of that. Mm-hmm. What we have evidence of is is the volumes of letters that he wrote to different women and the relationships that he had with them and well, the friendships like that and, lasted years.
1: Right. It does sound like he didn't throw them away. It sounds like he was a kind of a deep person and that he enjoyed connections. But I wouldn't call him a feminist. <laughs> Just because he continued to write to them, suddenly he's a feminist? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like Because he didn't throw them away? Um, I don't think just basic respect for women makes you a feminist.
0: I'm judging on a curve because of the time. Right. Yeah. Okay. All I'm saying is that the friendships and the discussions that he had with women, um, it was... Unique. Somewhat unique for the time. Okay.
1: Um, that doesn't and make that him a feminist. He,
0: he thought of them... Intellectually, as on the same level as men for the most part, and that was somewhat unusual for the time. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. But that doesn't mean he wasn't also wooing some of these women that he right. was writing to. There was one woman, Madame Brion. He had a very loving and seemingly platonic relationship with her, but he made it clear that he wanted to take it to the next level. He said in letters that he needs more than just the kind of kisses that you give to your little cousins. Oh. Yeah, so I guess they were kissing because everybody's kissing, but her kisses weren't like cousin the kisses. kisses. <laughs> they were, they were cousin kisses, and he wanted more than cousin kisses. Oh, yeah, I'm just grossed out. Though. Yeah, um, and he sort of threatened her, like saying, "If I don't get it from you, I'm going to go somewhere else."
1: Wow, he's super feminist. You're
0: right. He sounds like a high school douchebag here. Um, <laughs> and maybe, maybe he does go somewhere else or to his low women for that because she doesn't give it to him. But they stay friends, though. Like, their relationship doesn't change after that. They're still conversing. They're still carrying on this friendship. And she tells him, I want the same thing that you do. But it's just not the same for women. Like, there are consequences. Hmm. So, casual sex did have more consequences for women. Sure. Beyond just their reputation. Um, for one.
1: That's today as well.
0: Yeah. For one, they could get pregnant.
1: at least yeah and
0: maybe maybe 15 or 100 of them did Uh i don't know
1: um at
0: least some of the women could Mm -hmm. franklin proposed a way to get around that in a letter and this is one of the reasons that franklin's personal life took on sort of a, a filthy forbidden mystique for generations because a lot of people heard about a certain letter that he wrote and that brings us to act three the unprintable letter
1: Okay, a letter.
0: Yes. A letter that once it was discovered in his papers, it was considered too obscene, too vulgar, too nasty to publish until 1939, when the Mount Vernon Press of New York published a little book called Benjamin Franklin and the Ladies. It came with its own nice little slipcover, and there were only um, 1,450 published.
1: That's very few. You have one. Yeah. What? How many are there again?
0: Uh, Fourteen hundred and fifty. And you have one. I have one. You want to see?
1: Yeah, sure. I'm scared to touch it. <laughs> Don't hand me something and tell Care- me to be careful. Careful!
0: There is like crepe paper around, oh my and it's gosh. got a little rib. Isn't did it dainty? Did our
1: children rip this?
0: No, I think it came like that or I did it. It's not the children. Oh, okay. It's it's too Thank high up for the children.
1: Wow. Yeah. It's very dainty. Isn't it? Wait a minute. So this was published? In
0: 1939.
1: In 1939. Yes.
0: And this was the first time that this letter was ever published for the public.
1: Can I read a sentence? Yeah. To Madame Helvetius. Mr. Franklin is sorry to have caused the least harm to that beautiful hair.
0: (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe we should just start a new podcast that's just reading Ben Franklin's letters out of context.
1: Which he always admires with so much pleasure. And pleasure is capitalized.
0: Nice. Like just the P or every letter? Just the P. Okay. That's a fun game.
1: This keeps going. I I could go on and on. If that lady likes to pass her days, capital D, with him, he in turn would like to pass his nights, capital N, (laughs) with her. And as he has already given her many of his days, though he has so few left to give, she appears ungrateful never to have given him a single one of her nights, which steadily pass as a pure loss, without giving happiness to anyone, except Poupon,
0: Little P. How do you spell that?
1: P-O-U-P-O-N.
0: I wonder if that's a dog or a mustard.
1: I mean, I thought mustard, (laughs) but it's something.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking there's going to be some capital D and some capital P if,
1: (laughs) yeah. Well, you know, maybe it's a bird and we could add it to the bird (laughs) episode of last
0: season. Maybe that's a little dog that like she wiped up the pee. Poupon? Maybe.
1: He nevertheless embraces her heartily. For he loves her infinitely, in spite of all her faults.
0: Oh, and her fault here is not giving Sleeping him her with nights. Him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tale as old as time. Yeah. Song as old as rhyme. I love you,
1: even though you won't sleep with me.
0: Oh, you coy mistress.
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness, that's mm. incredible. Yeah. I, open to the best page.
0: I I doubt it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> really, you think there's more?
0: Yeah, I think we should get into it.
1: Okay, tell me more about this
0: letter. All right, that letter is called. Advice to a young man on the choice of a mistress.
1: Goodness gracious.
0: And we're going to dive into it. So he's addressing a young unmarried man who had mm-hmm. apparently written to him asking how to diminish his violent natural inclinations. <sighs> yeah. Um,
1: violent.
0: I, I know, right?
1: Natural inclinations. Yeah.
0: It sounds like Dexter's Dark Passenger or something. right? Um, ben, of course, is full of advice. Like Mr. Rogers, uh, except he's answering the question, um, what do I do with the horny I feel?
1: Oh, you get yourself a mistress.
0: Well, no. Well, you
1: don't also kill them. (laughs) First,
0: Franklin recommends marriage. He says that man is an incomplete animal without a spouse.
1: That you can cheat on.
0: (laughs) The odd half of a pair of scissors. That's how he describes someone without a spouse. But he says, if you insist that you're not ready for marriage and you're still looking for a good time, then in all your amours you should prefer old women to young ones
1: as a mistress
0: yes he says he knows this sounds like a paradox but he gives reasons a numbered list of reasons
1: <laughs> like how long is this list there are eight eight reasons to go for an older woman yes this eight. might give me some hope in life
0: <laughs> um yeah if you if as we go through this list you want to think of yourself Um, let me know how that works out.
1: (laughs) Okay. I'm concerned.
0: (laughs) It's fine. So number one. Okay. Here's why you want to go for an old woman. Because they have more knowledge of the world and their minds are better stored with observations. Their conversation is more improving and more lastingly agreeable.
1: And you can write letters to them for a long time, exploring each other's intellectualism. Exactly.
0: They have more experience. They're better conversationalists.
1: They're more fun to talk to. Yeah. You know.
0: Number two, because when women cease to be handsome, they study to be good. He says that to maintain their influence over men, uh, older women need to make up for their lack of beauty with a surplus of usefulness.
1: Wow. You're not beautiful, so make yourself useful.
0: Yes, he says they learn to do a thousand services, small and great, and are the most tender and useful of friends when you are sick. Wow. Yeah.
1: Just, yeah, such a feminist.
0: You should have sex with old women. (laughs) So they can take care of you. So they can, yes, exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and none of this, this is all very selfish these lists are selfish
0: well i mean but
1: it is about like w- your own choice and why right I and first it. of
0: all it's it's not clear if he's actually writing this to another person or if it's mm-hmm. just like this little essay that he wrote that was never published um it's not clear if there might be you know, maybe there's a little satire involved who knows oh, all yeah. right i'm listening for it yeah <laughs> okay um how, you doing good with the list so far you okay
1: number one i can't remember number two was old women i like it so far
0: it's all old women.
1: Number one was old women, too.
0: It, this, this whole list is eight reasons why oh, you should choose an, <laughs> an older old woman.
1: woman. Yes. Okay, got it. So, yes. number one was because they are, are better conversationalists yes. and know the world. Yes. Number two is because they are better and good and take care of you and know how to take care of you when you're yes. sick. Yes. Number three will be because they're better in bed. And okay. they know what they're doing.
0: All right. Not a bad guess.
1: What is number three?
0: Number three is because there is no hazard of children.
1: Oh, that's nice.
0: Yeah. Which irregularly produced, he says, may be attended with much inconvenience.
1: Much inconvenience. Yeah. Yes. It's a pain in the
0: butt to have all these <laughs> illegitimate bastard love children. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah. So you get yourself a woman past her childbearing age. Okay. You don't, don't got to worry about that. About that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't have to worry that about that or bloody sheets. Oh God, <laughs> you don't like it when I make it real, huh? No, nah, it's too real, too real, too feminist.
0: Um, number four, <laughs> they're more discreet. You don't—they
1: know to- how to keep a secret.
0: Yes, you don't have to worry about them blabbing. And if the affair does get out, people will think better of you for sleeping with an old woman than they would for um paying a prostitute.
1: Right. So no one would believe it anyway. And they think that it's not as big of a deal.
0: Well, even they, they, they if they, they do like believe the it, they'd think it's not as big a deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number five. <laughs> Number five is something. This is the one that kind of takes the letter into the let's not print this one territory. Oh, interesting. Are you ready? Is
1: it something about their vaginas?
0: Why would you think that?
1: Because I'm guessing that's like, why else wouldn't we print this?
0: Ah, your mind is just in the gutter.
1: This whole list is in the gutter. Ah,
0: I can't. I don't know where you get that. This Jess. whole
1: episode is gutter. Gutterlicious. Ah,
0: vagina. I'm going to have to cut that out. Mm. You are
1: disgusting. <laughs> the vajayjay.
0: He says that in all animals that walk upright, the first parts to decline over time are the highest parts. The head? Yeah. So it's like it's a like gravity or something. Um. So that's where you first start to lose the fluids that fill the muscles, he says. And he says that the face first grows lank and wrinkled, then the neck, then the breast and arms, the lower parts continuing to the last as plump as ever.
1: (laughs) This sounds very scientific.
0: Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Gravity, you know, your head is the furthest thing.
1: Gravity is the same along your whole body.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, your head's head's a, a little bit higher up, you know? Yeah, so, but there's
1: not less or more gravity where your head is than where uh, your vest is. Yeah, a
0: little bit, a <laughs> little bit. If you walk upright, you know, this is what he's saying. It's Benjamin Franklin. I don't know how you can argue. But he says the lower parts stay fresh, they don't expire. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes on, he says, covering all above with a basket and regarding only what is below the girdle, it is impossible of two women to tell an old one from a young one.
1: Okay, I'm disturbed. Such a feminist you have here. I mean, wow, what a feminist Ben Franklin
0: was. I mean, he's not. Let's just ageist. cover
1: up her whole face.
0: Um, more maybe more than the face.
1: Her whole. Let's just put her in a bag.
0: A basket.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> just cover her completely, except for her vagina.
0: And then he says, "And as in the dark, all cats are gray." the pleasure of corporal enjoyment with an old woman is at least equal and frequently superior superior because older women have had more practice. And That's what I said, yeah. Um, practice to improve every knack. He says,
1: every little knack. Yeah. Every nook, cranny and neck,
0: <laughs> all, their, all their nooks and crannies, <laughs> and necks. all the nooks and crannies, all the, all the knacks and nooks, grannies. <laughs>
1: Well, that's a nice poem you made there. Thank you. All the nooks and crannies, all the little grannies. Yeah.
0: In the dark, all cats are gray.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have you had an old lady today? <laughs> so in the dark, all cats are gray, you know? It's that's great. just how it is.
1: That's great. Yeah. You just turn off the light and enjoy the choreopold, visceral feeling.
0: That's right. Um, there's three more short uh, numbers on his list. Number six, because the sin is less. He says that the debauching of virgin may be her ruin and make her for life unhappy. And that goes along with number seven. You might feel guilty if you make a young girl miserable, but you won't feel bad for making an old woman happy. (laughs) So it's like, why ruin someone's life when you can make someone's day?
1: Right. Right.
0: And number eight, it simply reads, they're so
1: grateful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with two exclamation points. Uh, really? Yes. This
1: was the beginning of overuse of exclamation points.
0: Maybe. I mean, yeah, if only there was like a little happy face under the eyes of the exclamation oh my points. Gosh. Yeah.
1: So they're so grateful. All of those reasons sound selfish except for number 7.
0: Number 7 was oh it might make their day. Yeah. Yeah, well like, hey, kind of number 8. I don't want to
1: ruin people. I want to make their day. Yeah. It was the one selfless thing he said and all that. Otherwise it's all about I like the attention. I like the conversation. I like what I get.
0: Mm. I mean, I don't Without know. Risks. I kind of I kind of see this fitting into Ben Franklin's philanthropy. But <laughs> if you don't, that's fine. That's mm, fine.
1: I mean, maybe number 8.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're so grateful. It's yeah.
1: Ooh. Yeah, and number 7. Mm -hmm. Like he wants to make someone's day and he likes the praise. Yeah. He likes people saying, oh, my gosh, you're the best. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for this basket. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Lovely basket. Lovely basket. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So was Ben Franklin a sex monster? Yes. I don't know if we can say that. But there's a lot of stories about his libido and his relationships with women that, I mean, they're not made up. There's a lot of truth there. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's
1: too much of it to be made up. It wasn't one letter. It was so many different sources talking about this part of his personality.
0: There's enough truth there, for sure, to get John Adams to consider him a depraved, (laughs) dissipated (laughs) devil. Um, But the truth is, he, he was not a faithful husband. Um, It's really kind of awful the way he spent something like 15 years apart from his wife Deborah Mm -hmm. each year saying he'd be coming home, but then finding some excuse not to
1: and then sleeping around on her, obviously,
0: possibly at least doing something at least doing something demonstrably sketchy. Um, and
1: not something that would jive in a typical marriage in no, a way. But no. maybe they had an understanding, but it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like her heart was breaking.
0: Probably. I mean, I don't, know what understanding, <laughs> I don't know what understanding they might have had, but from year one, he was like, oh, by the way, this is my son. Don't ask about the mother. Right. right. Yeah. So when someone hears the name Ben Franklin and you're around and they snicker and they say, you know, he was a sex fiend. You can go up to that person, you can splash their drink in their face, and you can say, it's a little more nuanced than that, and then walk away.
1: <laughs> Is it, though?
0: Um, a little bit, because maybe he was just a, a huge flirt. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he had 100 children. Mm-hmm. Probably not, though. Thank you so much for listening. Join us next week when we return with guest Tegan Kehoe talking about her new book, Exploring American Healthcare Through 50 Historic Treasures.
1: Whoa! What an awesome title.
0: Yeah, and it's
1: it's yeah. intriguing.
0: Very intriguing. Very cool.
1: Very medical. Yet there's treasures yes. involved. So yes. it's like ER meets Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: <laughs> kind of. It's like going through an old medical history museum and finding stuff that just blows your mind. Ooh. Yeah. So find out more at plodpod.com. Consider joining our Patreon. Plenty of outtakes <laughs> from this episode to share. <laughs> Thank you for planning along with us. See
1: you next time. I can't imagine being an oyster wench.